Hello, hello there. My name is Moy with my co-host Corey. We are the real guys, and this is the real show with two ears. Today, crawl into your bench shaft and wear your oddly fitting white tank top because <laughs> we're taking on Die Hard. We are indeed. Yes, we've just finished our Christmas season. We're going to go into the new year with Die Hard, and I'm very, very excited for that. But as always, I'm pointing my co-host Corey. How are you doing today, Corey? I'm doing very well, thank you. And of course, you can listen to us on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. Anyway, get your podcast. We are there. Any audio platform, you can listen to us. And also, you can watch us on the YouTube channel, The Real Show, The Real Show, Real with Two E's, for our uh, video version of this same broadcast. Yeah. Corey, how Correct. was your Christmas? It was very, very festive. Was it? Very, very festive. You had a you had a nice Christmas dinner. You had a big fat turkey. I did have a big fat turkey. You help yourself. <laughs> but maybe maybe you watched some. You watched some films over the uh, over the Christmas period. I did actually. Was was Die Hard one of the Christmas films that you? Uh, it was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember when it was on. I can't remember if it was like just before Christmas or just afterwards. I actually can't remember. Mm. Um, but I did watch it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. So do I. I like it. Some of my family is a bit in half and half, but yeah, we always. Right. Okay. Half and half. Half and half. Yeah. Every, everyone gets like a film if it's on. We can. Right. Everyone gets to pick a film in your household. Everyone gets to yeah. pick a Christmas film in your household. Well, I had a lot of Christmas watching. I watched a lot of different Christmas films. I thought, you know what? I'll dive in, in the festive spirit. Yeah. I'll just jump into the world of Christmas films and we'll watch so many, right? Yeah. As always, I watched Muppets Christmas Carol. Christmas Eve. Gotta be, gotta be. That's my Christmas Eve film, of course. It is. You can't knock it, right? But then I thought, after it got to Boxing Day, it got to, uh, you know, the day after Boxing Day, the 27th, I thought, well near you new year's it's sort of the midpoint i watched die hard get it get it watched because yep. it's always a, a christmas classic despite what sometimes bruce willis says but it's not <laughs> a christmas film but it definitely is it is yes because it t- well it's just an action film that takes place at christmas yep you could really watch it anytime i think yeah you can which is a big controversy for this film do you watch it at christmas do you not do you wait i was like well you can it's a all it's yeah. all round season it just tends to happen at christmas it does ha- yeah exactly ho 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 i now have a machine gun <laughs> Or I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. There we go. There we are. But let's jump into the jump into Die Hard yes. now. It was based off the 1979 novel Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. Oh. I read that. And of course we've got the one, the only, Bruce Bruce Willis. Correct. And the one, the only, Alan Rickman. Great, great names. Yeah. Very top Great names. Cast. And it was 20th Century Fox. 20th Century Fox who wanted to adapt Thorpe's novel in 1987. His first draft was, was greenlit immediately, and the studio was eager for a summer blockbuster the following year. Yes, on, on, we had Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Sloane in the role, for the yep. role of John McClane, but it was Bruce Willis, who hadn't done much. He'd no. done American comedies and yeah. ads for Bud Light or whatever, but, but <laughs> now now he's in his the big role, the defining role of his career. It I'd is, say. pretty much. I, I can't really think of anything else he's done that would kind of be on the same level mm. and now we have uh, Alan Rickman who's just fantastic as well yeah that sounds Gruber what a great villain he's just an amazing villain he deserves all the praise I he think does he gets for it he and does. it was his first Hollywood role as well he'd oh. come off the back of theatre come off the back of British theatre work and it made Rickman a, definitely a celebrity after this yeah and it elevated Booth Willis to a leading man status it did it did it's one. It's heralded and critically evaluated as considering one of the best and the greatest action films of all time. I would probably agree with that. I think. Mm. 
Uh, what was your experience in watching Dark? Not the first time you've seen it, Corey? No, I've seen it, uh, uh, well, uh, probably about five, maybe, something like that. Um, first time I watched it was probably 2017, maybe, 18. So it's been a while. But, um, mm. yeah. It's it's just a fun it's just a fun film. Yeah, it is you, very you very fun, it. very heavy on the action. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot, a whole host of uh, different set pieces here. Set as pieces. John McClane, let's let's jump into let's jump into the story. Go on. We've got New York City detective John McClane. We do. He's arriving in L.A. and uh, by the way, this gets off to a raucous start because he, you see the plane landing. John McClane's like always oh, a bit shaky on the flight, and the guy next to him, who is the best character, well, I think he's probably the best character in the film. <laughs> Uh, says, you know what you gotta do when you land? You gotta walk on the carpet and make fists with your toes. And I'm like, that's the guy. That's what is that guy's story? I want to die on film about what that guy did. You like a so, spin-off. Yeah, spin-off. <laughs> Nakatomi on the Nakatomi Plaza guy or whatever. You know, on that night, well, what was he doing? Yeah. Well, he was was he making fists with his toes? Probably was. Yeah. He probably was. <laughs> he probably was. He was just. He, it's like an hour and a half. But wait, no, because Die Hard's over two hours. Yeah, it is. I want two hours of that guy on the plane walking on the carpet doing fish with his toes. You can just kind of hear little bits in the background every now and then. Yeah, you hear like gunshots in the background, <laughs> and like the like the film is playing in the background, but it's on like a muted yeah. dialogue. It's like muffled and behind the door or something, and he's going around, oh, fist with your toes. <laughs> that guy, I think that guy's great. Yeah. He, but he's got to get to. Nakatomi Plaza and his limo driver Argyle who great is character. amazing as well Argyle's <laughs> just a great character yeah and he drives them there puts on some Christmas tunes in the limo yeah and when he's named, it's so 1980s he's naming all the technology in the in the limo and he's like we've got VHS and cassette player and like wow Argyle goodness me a cassette player yeah you can put your cassettes in this wow sound you wave I, you know it's hey don't don't disc cassettes, man. No, no. But then, as soon as he gets there, he, he tries to put his wife's name in, yeah. Holly McLean, but it's uh, Holly Gennaro instead because she's using her maiden name. And he's there with she's there with Ellis. It was just this nineteen eighties, you know, yuppie as they're called. And he's all about the 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 frat stacks of money. He loves his money, and he also likes a bit of, you know, some of that white powder. As oh, you yeah. say. So much that when he's when he's called in by the ter- when he's called in by the terrorists, they bring him a glass of Coca Cola. <laughs> he's like, "That's not the kind of Coke he was asking for, Hans." You know, he hey, wasn't well, asking for that. If it was a certain time period, it might have been. It was like, yeah, exactly. Years they, 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 pour him, they pour him a glass of Coca Cola. Like, that's not what he asked for when he was asking for Coke. But yeah, um, Hans and his Hans and his team arrive. Yeah. The terrorists. What a great intro. They bust in. You know, those two guys jump up over the desk and he's walking out in the trench coat and the suit. You're like, oh, there he is, he's arrived. He is right. He means yeah. business. He's, and he means business. Everyone is on business here. And he's got he's got Carl, who's the big, big muscle guy. What right? name? And yeah, great. Carl, it's Carl. You know, Carl, a big muscle guy. And they want $640 million yes. in untraceable bear bonds. Who doesn't? The, who doesn't? From the building's vault. Yes. So they're not terrorists, despite no. the fact that that's what Hans Gruber wants everyone to think that they are, yeah. including his opening speech, which is so pretentious. He goes where he's like, tonight you will all learn the meaning of 
true power when we show you our radical views. <laughs> he's reading from a book. He's like wrote his little script down. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, got it on him. Yeah, he's got it on him. Got his little script on him. And then he goes into because he wants uh, Mr. Te- Mr. Takagi to open, help him open the vault. Yeah, who's the boss at Nakatomi Plaza? And he goes on. He goes on about who Mr. Takagi is, like Mr. To Joseph Takagi. He was born in 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 this country, and he's he moved over here, and then he went to this education and this university. And despite the fact I know so much about him, I do not know what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> despite even though it's impressive, he knows so much. Despite the fact that Google wasn't invented yet, that is true. So he caught, he had to do his always research by the books or something yeah, like that. Can't be searching for IPs. Yeah. And he he's never seen his face before. Yeah. So I don't know, Hans. Maybe there's a gap in your research there. <laughs> but he wants the FBI to arrive. He does. Because he's going to try and fake their death by blowing up the roof yeah. of the building using his C4. And he wants some detona- his detonators. But the, the LAPD has to... Con- McLean tries to contact the LAPD because he's the last guy in the, in the building. They're in the party, in the Christmas party. Yeah. That's been captured by the terrorists. Yes, and that's why it's a Christmas film. <laughs> yeah. And he's got to move through the building. Tell us quick how he's got to move through the building to defeat these terrorists. Well, you see, you, if, if you've got these people in the building, right, you're not going to you know, open the door. No. Might be there. Yeah, might be in the room, watching TV. You don't want to walk in front of him. So you've got to, go, got to be hidden. Yes. Where else are you going to hide? <laughs> Where would you hide, Corey, in the big building? You'd hide in a, in a vent shaft. In a vent shaft. You'd hide in the vent shaft. Crawling around in the vents. With a lighter. And it, I think he invented... <laughs> I think Die Hard is responsible for a lot of things. Yeah. But one of the things it is responsible for is sort of <laughs> modern day stealth games and the hiding in the vent shaft. Yeah. The, the, the sneaking round corners. It's not like run and gun, again, Arnie and Sylvester yeah. Sloan, who are the big action hero who can take one punch and knock down the Russian or whatever, right? Or like mow down fields of men with, you know, a gun that will never run out of ammunition. But with this... John McClane's biggest problem is he's got no ammunition. No. <laughs> his pistol runs out, his rifle runs out, he's got no guns. You know, he has to steal guns from people. He's like, he's scrappy, he's a scrappy hero. He is. Scrappy he, underdog. He could be gone at any minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the tension. Yeah. Gone every minute. There's, there's, third, is there 14 or 13 terrorists, I think? Some, yeah. Um, something around that. 12 of them. Have a look. And <laughs> he's got to just avoid, he's got to try and avoid and duck and dodge and jump through the rooms and and keep moving and I like that yeah it's you know you can almost you can almost see it yourself and it puts you in the role of John McClane yourself I think when you're watching it you're like you're, you sympathise with him because he's trapped he's the last man he standing he's got to defeat all the the insurmountable odds to defeat these uh, defeat these these bank robbers but yeah. take us through some of the some of the good action we've got great action in this film oh there is just uh, fantastic and you know what Again, we've mentioned this before. Being set in this time period, right? You've got a lot of fantastic action movies. Mm. Again, you mentioned Arnold. You mentioned uh, Stallone. And the thing I like about Die Hard is, like you said, this is more scrappy. This is more hands-on. This is more mm. like grap- grappling, and like, like you say, even when you know you've got Carl, big boy, right, big muscle. He's fighting constantly, doing little little tricks, little moves. He's fighting constantly. Yeah. And he's just like scrapping as much as he can. He's in the environment. He's in like a glass table. Mm. He's doing all sorts. He shoots the guy from under the table. He does. He does. I love that cool move. <laughs> the guy's on top and the guy's taunting him. And he's like, next time you're going to kill somebody, don't hesitate to do it. And he just, gun- he just 
mows him down from the bottom of the table and you go oh that's great and he goes yeah thanks for the advice it's very much scrappy and not so it's less like just blazing everything it's yeah tactical but he's still got the one-liners he's still got he does, cool he does got quips he's still got the moving through the quips yeah i like the quips well obviously this was pitched as a rambo in an office building originally. yes but because due to the successful rambo films and then you know the 1987 year we just had predator the year before right which was alien in the jungle course, yep we've already reviewed on this you know <laughs> Also in a jungle. This is not a jungle. This is a, this is an office building. Yeah. And to change the location, we always said when we were doing the Predator film, yeah. you could put the Predator anywhere and it'd be a success. Yeah. Like you know, a Predator in an office building. Yeah. He's trying to run away. Who could who could win in a fight? John McClane or the Predator? You know, you never know. And this is, uh, of course, it, the film does have some 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 light comedic moments yeah. there's talk between uh, when they're on the radio together that's always when they're having some banter on the radio Hans and uh, John McClane talking together on the radio as well as uh, Sergeant Powell who arrives to the scene yep he just wants to buy his don't he wants to buy his Twinkies or he wants to buy his yeah. donuts and I think he is buying Twinkies actually <laughs> he wants to buy his Twinkies uh, have you had a Twinkie Corey? I have actually oh have you? yeah you got the authentic Sergeant Powell experience. <laughs> I have. Have you not had one before? No, I've never had a Twinkie before. Oh, wow. Are they, are they as soft as I imagine them to be? They are, yeah. Oh, right, okay. I, I, they're, they're all right. I don't quite get them. They're nice. They're fine. Okay. But they are soft. If you want a soft food. As far as treats go, yeah, yeah. So Al Powell is sent to investigate. Mm-hmm. And... He pulls up at he pulls up at the at the plaza. Walks in. The, the terrorists already have a security guard in place, so he yeah. just turns him away. And Powell goes right. Well, that's me done for the night. He walks he walks to his car, gets in, and then uh, McLean drops a body on him. That he sort of drops a terrorist body on him that he's already uh, forced to have an accident. Yes. And the man has an accident. He falls out a window. The man does. has a lot, quite a large accident. There's quite, there's quite a few accidents in this movie. Yeah, quite a few big accidents, and. I like Al Powell's immediate panic as soon as the body lands on his face. Like, whoa, what the? And he tries to steer the car and he's trying to pull back. And then the machine gun fires coming out the window. And he's like, oh, and he just and he just completely stacks the car in the back ditch. Yeah. Right. He puts it through the fence and puts it in the back ditch. And that wraps up the situation. All the authorities are outside and they're all just as as pansy as each other. Yeah. Right? They can't. They can't organise getting drunk in a brewery. No, because they're they're just trying to do things that are ineffective. They try to send the swap team in. It doesn't work because the terrorists are too smart and they've got to. Yeah. And that guy, one guy that eats over the counter, that that's fun. Because <laughs> the terrorists are all ready for battle. They've got their guns and their armour and they're ready. And this one guy, just like he's having chocolate over the front yeah. desk. Why not? You know, he doesn't care. But then here come the FBI. Yes. You know, Hans Gruber says, you know, I want my detonators. I give you the F. B I <laughs> it takes 14 seconds to say the word F I give you the FBI does he? And yeah he does <laughs> and um, well that's how he you know his accent is. did you uh, did you count that or was that a Google he, thing? well no he was praised because Alan Rickman was praised especially by the actor that plays Carl for um, you know learning German and giving the German accent even to the point where he plays a he's a British man yes playing a German man yes trying to pretend to be an American yes which is a lot of layers. There's quite a few there. Yeah, quite a few layers at the point of this film. But we have the FBI arrive with Special Agent Johnson and Special Agent Johnson. 
Well, I think that's some kind of commentary. On yeah. They're all the same. They couldn't give that guy the same name in the script, but no, that's the that's the joke, isn't it? That's the joke. They've got the same name because they're the same man. And the FBI arrive and they order the power to be shut off, which Hans Gruber's already anticipated. Yeah. So because it can disable the locks on the vault, and allowing it to be opened, so they can collect, get the bear bonds out the out the bottom yes. of the vault. See, he's a smart. He's a smart man. He's a smart man. But the FBI agree to his terrorist demands, which. Hans Gruber just makes up near half of those names he made up. Yeah. You know, he's like, I want the, the Spanish resistance men freed. I want the, the, the Asian Dawn fighters free. Even when you see his face when he's doing the call, he's like, they're, these are real people, aren't they? Yeah, sure. And then Carl looks in, Carl goes like, are they real? And he goes, I read about them in Time magazine. <laughs> he does that twice as well, because he's another one where, he's, where he um, quotes, because he's talking to Takagi about his suits. He said he got John Phillips. London suit, and then I've got two myself. And I think that was Alan Rickman's idea. You might find that in the trivia section where um, Alan Rickman sort of created this character himself of the guy. He's, he's not like a, he's not your classic criminal. Yeah. You know, he's not wearing the tactical vest or the camo. He's, he's in the suave suit, and he's like you know, Professor Moriarty here. And I I, I love that about Hans Gruber definitely. Hey, it's always My good. Favorite of the yeah, and then we've got some. Because if we ever go through the diehard films, which we may well do, probably will do through January, I think that we'll, we'll find that there's a lot of people that try to do the Hans Gruber, yeah. but not many people can do the Hans Gruber. How how many is there now? Is that five? Only four? Alan Rickman can do the Hans Gruber. Uh, Wait, how many diehard films exist now? I mean, there's a lot. There's there is, a lot. yeah. There's a lot. I'm not going to make any promises. But <laughs> we've got um, Hans Gruber's losing his men, so he's got to go up and check on the roof. Yeah. Anyway, uh, because he's got his C4 rigged up there, and he encounters John McClane, but he has to pretend to be someone else because they've never actually they've seen, never each, seen other. each other. No, they've only heard each other's voices, so he has to pretend to be someone. And he's so he's this is the intelligence of Hans Gruber, yeah. right? He says, "What's your what's your name, John McClane?" John McClane asks him, and Hans Gruber says, "I'm Bill Clay." Yeah. And he looks at the list because he's got the list of names next to him because of people because they're on the roof. And it says W M Clay, which is William, imaginary. Yeah, probably. And Bill is short for William. It is. So he's very, you know, love, love, smarts going up there. Very, very smart man. But I wonder if Corey is going to be smart. I wonder if he'll be diehard for some trivia. Trivia. Into the trivia, Corey. What have you got for us? The fictional Nakatomi Plaza is the headquarters of 20th Century Studios, so Sio could use one of its own buildings and didn't have to hold back on stunts and action sequences. When Jeb Stewart was writing a screenplay, he did a tour of the building and immediately incorporated some of the locations and objects he found there into the script. The costume, this is a fan favourite if you like the tight fitting undershirts. The costume oh, yeah? department had 17 undershirts in various stages of degradation on hand for Bruce Willis. Oh, nice. Now we're going to go for the burned and slightly yeah. bloody undershirt today. Well, yeah. Tomorrow we'll have to go for the more burned <laughs> and more bloody undershirt. Uh, what else we got in our. Vest. Con- it created the vest. You know. Yeah. As, a, as, as a young man, I was all about the vest. You know. Just like John McClane. I want to be just like John McClane. Yeah. You know, crawling through the vents in a vest. <laughs> in a vest. 
Uh, the scene where Bruce Willis and Anna Rickman meet up was unrehearsed to create a greater feeling of spontaneity between the two actors. Oh. So there you go, add on to that theme. Uh, <laughs> apparently, Bruce Willis's John McClane's undershirt is in the Smithsonian Museum. Of course it is. It's a prized... Uh, I don't know which one. One of the 17. Piece. Which one? Yeah, which which one? Which version? What else we got? Hart Buckner's line, Hands, Bubby, was ad-libbed. Adam Rickman's quizzical reaction was genuine. Oh, nice. Excellent. Oh, yeah, that's Ellis. That's the guy that played... Alice. Uh, what was we got? In the spring of 1987, producer Joel Silver and uh, director John McTiernan attended a performance of the play Dangerous Liaisons, in which Adam Rickman played the evil Vicomte de Valmont. Admittedly, Silver and McTiernan realised they had found Hans Gruber. Yeah. I love his cast. Well, this is one of the films where all the casting just hits. Yeah. All the casting really hits strong. Everybody's on their top form. Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, um, Bonnie Bedelia's Holly Gennaro, great. Uh, Reginald Vell Johnson, who's just fantastic as Al Powell. You know, he gets a desk job yep. in, the, in the next couple films. And he's also in Ghostbusters as another police officer, who is probably the same guy. Yeah, why not? You know, probably Al Powell. Let's just put him, put him into the yeah, same Yeah, put him on the same world, because it's the same actor. It yeah. must be the same character. Yeah, it must be the same know. universe. William, yeah, William Atherton is uh, Richard Thornburg, who's the TV reporter. And I feel like, where did that plot go? That's the mm. one thing I was like, where did the TV reporter thing come from? Just so Alan Rickman would see the TV and see the kids, and then be yeah. like, oh, Holly, you you are Bruce Willis's husband. Oh, yes. But I feel like that was, there was a whole point about William Atherton going round as um, Thornburg and trying to, like, trying to discover more about John McClane, which is yeah. an interesting plot. And it's almost like, the outside, you know, I know he's not Will, I know he's not Peck in this film, but like, there's a level of Peck to him. The yeah. fact that he's, you know, trying to stop. It's like, oh, this guy's, a, this guy's a rampaging. You know, he's got a gun in front of the building. We've got to find out. We've got to find his kids. You know, and no, everyone's, everyone's doing a really good, really good job here. Really good job. No, the, the, the cast in this is really good, mm-hmm. and also though, it's one of those things where when you have characters like Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman, but aren't really well known. You imagine them as, as these people. Mm, yeah. You haven't got anything to compare them to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, it's like like now if Arnold's in something, he's, he's you know he's still either Predator or Terminator. If if Sloane's in, he's still Rambo or Rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, even to a later extent, if Alan Rickman's in anything else, you're going to think of him as, as Snape most likely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now these are fresh people. But I bet, but I bet, but I bet some people if they saw Die Hard first, they'd always they say, yeah. "Oh, it's Hans Gruber." Yeah. That guy sounds Gruber, you know. And it's 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 such a great time capsule, this film. Not only is it a time capsule, it's also a great icon of just great action films, great writing, and everything coming together to make something fantastic. Even, you know, his signature, McLean's signature catchphrase. you got yippee Kaye, which yep. is from uh, Roy Rogers, the cowboy actor Roy Rogers, who'd use, you know, yippee Kaye kids to tell all of his all-American cowboy character. And that's the same because uh, that's what um, Hans Gruber calls John McClane. He goes, do you really think you have a chance to get touched with a cowboy? Yeah. And they say these, you know, he's the American running around, you know, trying to stop these these foreign terrorists. Which might be a metaphor for something, but I don't know what. You know, maybe American 
you know, American foreign policy with John McLean, yeah. you know. And it's also um, something to do with a lot of adaptation in this film, more than some people would think. Some people think that Die Hard would be, you know, and it's a standalone film, not based off anything. But right. no, it's based yeah. off a novel, and that also novel is based off um, a film itself. Oh, wow. Because Richard Thorpe was inspired by the 1974 disaster film Towering Inferno. Okay. And then actually the writer of Towering Inferno had actually adapted the book's predecessor in 1966, The Detective. Right. Which is actually for a 1968 film with Frank Sinatra as an NYPD detective um, and had purchased the sequel rights for Nothing Lasts Forever after after it had been written. So there's a lot actually behind this uh, there is. creation of this film. There is. In all fairness, I would probably be part of the group that just thought it was a movie. Mm, the, the movie, not actually from anything. <laughs> yeah. And then he felt that uh, there was something about the, this film where it has like it has an energy to it. It has a yeah. spark to it. He has, you know, he's running around the office building and he's trying to dodge the people. There's people in the doorway. He's got to get out of the way and get. And there's a moment where the elevator comes up just as he's on the call with with Gruber and the elevator comes up and he says the catchphrase and he ducks through the door and he's like oh yeah the film is on that's where the movie's on as VJME would movie's say on. the movie's on <laughs> that's where yeah but there's a bit of Die Hard in Who Killed Captain Alex you can't say there's a action bit of Die movie. Hard in Who Killed Captain Alex movie this is the movie <laughs> non-stop action movie you know I'd love VJME narrating Die, Die Hard, Hard. <laughs> he's got to there's got to be an edit out there somewhere yeah. where if not we can make one where BJ Emmy shouting, shouting and screaming as the diehard action going on. Not stop deadly actions. <laughs> this is the movie. The movie's on. The movie's on. That's where you. That's where definitely you feel that the movie's on. Yeah. And of course, uh, John McClane's got to be inspired by John Wayne, the famous famous cowboy using his cowboy lingo yes. and jumping jumping around and, and firing off his pistol shots. But let's talk about some of the some of the men who were uh, okay. in role in line to be John McLean. Okay. Not only have we got Arnie and Sylvester, yeah, big names. We've also got Richard Gere, okay, Clint Eastwood, right, Burt Re- Reynolds, okay, Nick Nolte. I'd like to see Nick Nolte in the John McLean. Mel Gibson, oh Mel Gibson is John mm. McLean as well. Mel Gibson, Paul Newman, nice, James Caan, and Al Pacino. No, so we've got a lot of. A lot, lot of, of big, lot of big names. A lot of big names in there, as you'd say, and of course, this this film was. Um, if we go into some of our money, we like to talk about the budgets. Yeah, we've got budget in this film. Um, with a now, let's see if you can guess it. Corey's quite good at guessing the box office takes <laughs> of these films. It's a bit of a talent you've got, a bit of a hidden talent, Corey. Yeah. Now, don't look, don't look, but on a budget of twenty-five, thirty-five million. Let's go for the higher option: thirty-five million. Okay. Often with films, I know you're supposed to double it, but let's just say 35 million here. What would you expect the box office take to be? Well, I'm going to assume it made it back. It must have made it back. It did. I'll tell you that. It did. <laughs> it must have done. Uh, I am going to say it did very well. So, what was it? 30, 30, what, 35, did you say? 35 million dollars. Right. Do. Okay, um, it definitely cracked a hundred. Mm-hmm. Did it go over a hundred? Yeah, it must have done. Okay. Did it go to two hundred? Mm-hmm. 
See, this is the fun part. When I'm, I'm, I'm watching you work this out, and I'm like, I know he's going to go somewhere near it, because this is, like, your thing. It, right. What was the, what's big for us? Um, would it go near 200? And it's, 19, and it's 1988 as well. Think about that. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. Because, like, obviously, now, mm-hmm. like, sometimes now you get films and they go. And it was released in July. Shoot. So we're not even talking about a Christmas period release. Yeah. We're not even talking about uh, a December release. We're talking about middle of the year. This is supposed to be their summer blockbuster. And this is their summer action film. Die Hard. Da-da, you know. I am going to say it didn't quite reach 200. Before you go... Think about your answer. Let me just read this. Think about your answer. Um, at the bottom of its Wikipedia article, I'm just checking it here, it says, Due to its Christmas Eve setting, Die Hard is often named as one of the best Christmas films, although its status although, although its status as a Christmas film is disputed. Yeah. Anyway, and, and what do you think, Corey, for the, for I, the box office take? Okay, you know what? Because I don't think it's quite 200, but I think it's over 100. I'm just going to go in the middle and go about 150. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> I think you've done it again, Corey, okay. because because the box office take here the higher the higher number is one hundred and forty one point five million. Okay, which is very close to one fifty. If you yeah. brought it down by ten, you would have been there. Um, the lower option is uh, one hundred thirty nine point eight. So I think somewhere between there. I mean, that's so, like, yeah, yeah, one forty one point five million. It's which deserved. Is, which is, yeah, yeah, well deserved, well deserved for twentieth century Fox. Yeah. Um, so much deserved. They've made about five more. <laughs> silver pictures, yeah, of course. And director John McTiernan as well. And of course, it's to give some credit to the screenplay, because it's very well written. It's very well written. Very well written. Great dialogue. Uh, Jeb Stewart and Stephen E. D'Souza on the writing of this. And uh, good cinematography as well. Great, great action set piece, especially where he jumps off. Everyone loves that famous scene. He jumps off the roof because the helicopter's coming in. Yep. And the big explosion, and he's doing the. You know, he's not. He's not even doing. Here's my favorite thing about how this is an action film. He's not even doing any kind of action pose, no. is he? He's not doing any kind of jumping with his fist like Superman or whatever. Taking the glasses off. Or... Taking the glasses off or whatever, or like coolly turning round as the explosion comes behind him. He's just jumping like a madman yeah. because he wants to not die, yeah. which is fantastic. He's just jumping like his life depends. On. He's just going, oh, like you know, just flying off the roof and like that's what you want to see in your you know grubby action film so uh, um and let's get into uh some more of our discussion on on, on mm. die hard here of course it's not the only die hard film we've, we've no. got here we've got die hard 2 die hard we've got die hard with a vengeance <laughs> yeah we've got live free or die hard great and and and, and a bunch of others wow so and also, this this, if you go on IMDb, okay, and you go to down to the bottom, not not to the trivia section, Corey's already done trivia. Taglines. What do you think the tagline of this film is? Don't look, Corey. Uh. But what do you think the tagline of this film is? It's tremendously nineteen eighties. It's. See, I've got one in my head, but I don't know if it is a Die Hard film. Is yeah. it? Is it just like it's time to die? There's hard? actually several. There's actually several here. It's one of them. It's time to die hard. Here we go, here we go, I'll kill you. 40 stories of sheer adventure. Great. 40 stories, 12 terrorists, one cop. Okay. This... Oh no. Uh, this is my possibly my favourite one. It will blow you through the... What? It will... 
Where? It will blow you through the back wall of the theatre. Wow. What is that a threat? Yeah. What are you going to do? Are you threatening to blow me away, Die Hard? Die Hard 1988, are you threatening to blow me away in the theatre? That's a bold statement, that is. Take me on a date first, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Buy me a drink. Right. Twelve terrorists, one cop. The odds are against John McClane. That's just the way he likes it. Right. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, He's the only chance anyone has got. Yeah. That's that's a very vague statement. It's Christmas This This timeline even says... It's Christmas Eve in LA, and the party's action is about to explode. Nice. Dot, dot, dot. On the 40th floor. <laughs> like it could happen on the 39th floor. Yeah, why, and not, then the why, not, why not 37? The action wouldn't be as explosive. Yeah. 40 stories high, with suspense, excitement, and adventure on every level. It's like it's like you're trying to give me a, a Tower of Terror ride. At I was about to say that, yeah. You know, it's like... It's like you're trying to give me an amusement park experience here. There's another one which is much shorter, and it goes, Suspense, excitement, adventure on every level. The same one as 40 stories high. And this is the longest one. High above the city of LA, a team of terrorists has seized a building, taken hostages, and declared war. One man has managed to escape, an off-duty cop hiding somewhere inside. He's alone, tired, and the only chance anyone has got. That just Which keeps effectively telling me what the yeah, film, that, uh, the that film is about. That just keeps going. It just keeps going. It's, this is so 80s. I miss when films have like a signature tagline. Yeah. I miss it. You know, imagine seeing Die Hard and saying, it will blow you through the back wall of the theatre. You go, oh my god. Should bring that back. <laughs> We've got to go see this. Yeah, someone should bring that back. Yeah, someone should, someone should bring back the explosive tagline of a film. Just the so, so 80s. Oh, this is so 80s. It's absolutely awesome. No one does a no one nothing does an action an action tagline like an eighties film. And on some of the goofs here, we've got several times during transmissions with a two-way radio, characters interrupt each other, which is impossible given the type of radios they're using. Right. Yeah. So you can't interrupt each other. Right. But then they'd just be talking over each other. Yeah. Someone should do an editor diehard race that where just where they never interrupt you on the radio, where all the lines in the radio go out the full way they do. So, yeah, John Wayne, he's, he's, he wants to go to the party, but the, the party finds him. There's another tagline for you. John Wayne wants to go to the party. So John McClane wants to go to the yeah, party. Not John Wayne. No. John McClane wants to go to the party, but instead, the party finds him. Da-da, diehard. But even when you watch, like, I wonder if you could find the trailer for this. I bet you can. Yeah, you must be able to. The original Die Hard trailer. Here we go. Right, I can just pull this up here. I'm gonna mute it so the audio doesn't interfere with what I'm putting here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Here we go. Thirty. Right. Thirty. Oh, this is thirteenth anniversary trailer. Oh, here's the theatrical trailer here. Theatrical trailer one by Cinematic Movie Trailers. There's people that do edits of it and stuff. Right, okay, hold on. Let me mute this. Right, okay. I'm watching it now. Have you have you got the same thing uh, as me? Wait, uh, yep, I've just skipped out to it. Right, Theatrical Trailer 1 by Cinematic Movie Trailers on YouTube. Not a go. not a, not a weekly wreck, but yep. I guess we could. So here we, have the set, here we have the setting here. 20th Century Fox logo. There's Mr. Takagi. There he is. 
What a wonderful building. It's got one nice setting. Oh, look, the, the gunfire's going off, and here, come the, here comes Carl. Yeah, the long hair, the flowing hair. The long hair. He's got great flo- great hair on everyone here in this film. Everyone's got great hair. That guy's got great hair. That's look great hair, look at that. Great hair. Nope. Oh, no. He shot Mr. Takagi, and there's Bruce Willis punching someone with a, with a rifle. Oh, look at that. All of the action. Bruce, look at that. <laughs> look at that transition. That was great. Look at that text, Corey. That is so 80s text. Boom. It, it slides in. Bruce Willis, die hard. It comes in sideways. Oh, and then we've got the explosion. Oh. I want blood. I love that line. It's great. From Carl. And then the two from the operators, he's trying to... Oh, they've got the helicopter shots. Oh, great. Yeah. This is all your action. This is all you need. If this if this played... If this played in, in 1988 and I was in a cinema, in a theatre and watching the cinema and this this played as a trailer, I'd be like, oh, screw whatever I'm watching. I want to watch this. Yeah. You know, it grabs you with the action. Everyone's... And everyone's so 80s. Oh, there we go. Coming, coming this summer. It will blow you to the back of the theatre, whatever it says. It will blow you off. You know, whatever it's trying to tell you. Yeah. But let's give it, let's go to the rating. Let's give it a nice, solid, real rating. Yeah. I'm going to go straight away. I'm going to go high. Nine. I was going to give it an 8.5. Ooh. Why why the 8.5, Corey? I don't know. In all fairness, I'm trying. I'm mm. trying to think because like nine is quite good for us. Mm. Like nine and nine point five are very good. Very, very rarely do we give ten. <laughs> so we like, did, which is something that I didn't actually intend for us to do. Yeah. When we started this program. So like, it's, what, it's tw- this is our first episode of 2024. As we do this, this is our first episode of 2024, and two films have a ten from us within three years. Yeah. Two two films were given ten. And then I think two films got ten in the episode. Right. Because you gave Rogue One ten, I gave School of Rock ten, and then I gave Visions a ten in the episode. Yep. And I gave Willow a ten in the episode. Okay. So you've only given one. Yes, I've only given one. Well, technically, that makes it four then, if we're yeah. counting. If we're gi- counting. If counting review episodes, not yeah. like. Yeah. I've given one as a wreck, two in the episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I yeah, said that's so four. Like, I said four. The four yeah. makes us sound better. It makes someone more it giving of a ten. Sound, yeah. It does. So I'll say four things have got tens from us. Um, Weirdly, two of them are Star Wars. Yeah, we are. And two, two are Star so, Wars. Uh, Star and Wars. Willow is also <laughs> involves George Lucas. George Lucas, yeah, it does. And Warren, <laughs> da- and Warren Davis. Yeah. You know what I want to see? Warren Davis in Die Hard. Be good at adventure chess. It, yeah, he would. Yeah? He could, he'd be good at adventure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he would he be able to crawl up the hide hide in there? You'd never suspect him, and he jumped down on him. He's like Leprechaun. It's like watching Leprechaun <laughs> in. Yeah. You know, there's like seven Leprechaun films. The Leprechaun in Die Hard. You know, Leprechaun versus twelve terrorists. Why is there that many? Twelve terrorists, one Leprechaun. The action will blow you, but will blow the Leprechaun will blow you away or something. You know, it's like Leprechaun in the hood. A Leprechaun comes back yeah. to the hood. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Leprechaun in Nakatomi Plaza. But no, I, I would say an 8 point, Maybe on a good day, it would stretch for a 9. 8.5, yeah. but I'm giving it a confident 9. Now, for the weekly wreck. Correct. 
It's yours, it's mine. Yours. It's yours. It's mine. <laughs> it's mine, Corey. This is yours. It's my weekly rec. And there's one man who is the star of Die Hard. Okay. Right? And it may be Bruce Willis, but it's also the one and only Alan Rickman. Correct. Now, he's known for Die Hard. He is. He's known for, 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 for Sweeney Todd, for Robin Hood. Yeah. For Harry Potter. Yeah. One thing he may not be as well known for is Galaxy Quest. Okay. Now, have you seen Galaxy Quest? Corey? I have not seen Galaxy Quest. 1999 I, Galaxy Quest. I believe I've seen yes. about two minutes of this film. Right. Because I was on uh, the TV. It was the one yes. I'm thinking of. And uh, it was on, like, the TV guide on the TV. Mm-hmm. And there were, and someone else was like, oh, is that the film Van Rippen where he's an alien? Yes, he is. An alien. And so well, he's look- an actor who plays an alien. But it's a Star Trek parody. Yeah. And... It's got Sigourney Weaver, it's got Tim Allen, it's got Sam Rockwell, you know. And so we watched it for five minutes waiting for Alan Rickman to pop up. <laughs> yeah, Alan Rickman, yeah, Alan Rickman did pop up because he plays Alexander Dane. Yeah. Um, and I just love, I love Galaxy Quest and I'm, and I'm, and I'm happy to give it an eight. Nice. Um, and I hope we, oh, I hope we actually end up reviewing it because it's been a long time since I've seen Galaxy Quest and I hope we end up reviewing it at some point, maybe in February. But well, we've got we've got a busy January coming we up. We have. We've got to stop. We up. have. Um, not only are we bringing you the much anticipated uh, Cats 2019. Oh yeah. Um, but we're also going to bring you some more more Die Hard related action, and we're also going to bring you much anticipated our review of uh, Rebel Moon: Child of Fire. Yeah. Uh, which we're uh, happy to get into. But yeah, that is my weekly rec for this week. Uh, the first weekly rec of 2024. Yes, and eight. What a start. And it got an eight. What a start! Galaxy Quest. Watch it. Um, actually, now I'm reminding myself how much I like Galaxy Quest. I've got this weekly record. But yeah, <laughs> uh, we're, we're giving Die Hard nine, eight point five, yep. and a, a solid eight to uh, to Galaxy Quest. And apparently, Galaxy Quest is on Amazon Prime if you subscribe. Oh, excellent! There you go. So we might we might actually give it a watch. Give it another we, we watch. We are available to watch it. Yeah, we're available to watch it, and we will we will probably review it. Like I'd like to review it. Yeah. That uh, that is a sound off on our first episode of 2024. What do you think, Corey? Die Hard of 2024, held in the new year. It could be a new year film as well. It could be. Why not? Mm. But for now, it is a goodbye from me and a best wishes to 2024 and a goodbye from Corey. Goodbye. <laughs>